Well, good morning and welcome to everyone here and those joining us at our online campus and Bush Lake campus. And I'm sure that our West Tonka team over in Woodside, it's good to be together with each and every one of you. My name is Zach Bush and I have the joy of serving as the multi-site pastor, the Bush Lake campus pastor and a part of the teaching team. And it's been a little while since I've been with you. Uh, the reason for that is because I'm not just a pastor anymore. I am also the father of three. You can see here on the screens. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's pretty sweet. This is our son, uh, Kaysen Bowen Bush. Uh, Kaysen is, uh, you know, being from the South, I kind of wanted a, we wanted a Southern name. We call him Case for short. It's like a good football player's name. All right. Uh, Bowen is my middle name, family name. You know, if he's got any bit of my athletic prowess, he will not be a football player, but, you know, there's some prayers for that. Um, but as you saw on the screen, I mean, uh, the photos really do tell how our life is right now in the Bush household. It's all just peaceful <laughs> and blissful, and, and, and we're sleeping through the night. Life with three kids is anything but that. It's so chaotic, y'all. It's so crazy. I, I'm just like, I, I haven't had a chance to shave in six weeks, okay? I'm going crazy a little bit, but I figured, you know, this is a great chance for me to kick off my new clothing line. It's called Suburban Dad. We're calling it Lumber Zach, okay? Yeah, you can amen that if you want. It's on uh, at Macy's this holiday season. Be sure to pick it up as I support my growing family, you know? Uh, but it's good to be back together with each and every one of you. Um, you know, I, I took several weeks on paternity leave and uh, I got to the end and Cassie, she was just like, Zach, I love you, but it's time for you to go. You're getting really antsy and freaking me out a little bit. But as I was on uh, leave, you know, I had a chance to do a little bit of reading and research. And um, there was an article that I, I read that was really fascinating. And I wanna share a little bit of it with you. I wanna just kind of give you an assessment. I know it's early in the morning still, um, but just seven questions of an assessment that um, I want you to answer simply yes or no. Yes, I want this to be true in my life or no, that doesn't really matter. It's, it, it makes no difference at all. Okay, this is from a, a psychology article that I read. The first question is this, yes or no. I'd like more relationships in my life. Now we just finished up a relationship series, so I'm not gonna tell you how you should vote that, but hopefully it's a yes. Uh, number two, I'd like to improve my physical health, yes or no. Number three, I'd like to improve my psychological health, my mental health, yes or no. Number four, I'd like to increase empathy and reduce aggression. Now I get it, this week is Black Friday and I've seen some of y'all at Target on Black Friday. Okay, so I know some of us need to say yes to reducing aggression. Okay, number five, I'd like to sleep better. Yes, Lord. <laughs> oh, sorry, yes or no. Uh, number six, I'd like to improve my overall self-esteem, yes or no. And then number seven, I'd like to increase my mental strength. How did you fare in that? Seven out of seven? Was it maybe 50% yes, 50% no? Uh, what did that look like for you in uh, your reflection of it? You know, I asked this question to Cassie this week, and I just was curious, you know, uh, just checking in. Uh, how would you uh, assess where you're at? And so I said, you know, would you like more friends, more relationships? And she said, in this season of life, no way. I said, well, how about this whole idea of uh, uh, 
increasing empathy and uh, decreasing aggression. And she looked at me and said, Zach, we have three kids. And I, I said, okay. And she's like, and I'm married to you. And, and I said, well, what about sleeping better? She's like, we still have three kids. There's no way we're going to sleep any better at all in our lives, no matter what it is that we do, which I thought was pretty funny. But how do you answer that question? Because I think that for a lot of us, we can all feel a sense of, yes, I want to improve my physical health. Or, yes, I want to find ways to increase empathy and reduce aggression. Or, yes, psychologically, you know, my mental health, I want to increase that as well. So what is it that I need to do? And so this article that I read, this article that I began to, to look through said that there's really one thing that you can do that as you increase this one thing, it's actually gonna boy up and increase all of these seven other areas of your life. And so what is it that that one thing is that we're called to do? You're probably thinking it's like, is it a magic pill? Is it just, well, what is it exactly? I, I think it's this, it's this reality that God has wired our lives in a specific way. And that one thing that we can do is live in a posture of gratitude. That if we, seek a life of gratitude that we will actually increase and buoy up those other areas. And so what I want to look at today is this one question. How can we impact our overall health and well-being by living with a posture of gratitude? Okay, how can we improve our physical, our mental, our emotional, our spiritual health and well-being in this time, in this season, by living with a posture of gratitude? You know, as we enter into Thanksgiving this week and Advent just right around the corner with Christmas, I'm sure that we can all agree that there's a time and a season in which we want to pursue overall just health and well-being. And so gratitude is the key to that. And so we're going to be looking at one passage today, Psalm chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. King David writes these words, and they're really impactful. And as we walk through Psalm 9, just to give you a roadmap, we'll see three key points. We'll see, first of all, uh, the positives behind gratitude. Second, we'll see the posture of gratitude. And then third, a practice, a practice that we can instill for gratitude. So positives, the posture, and the practice of gratitude. Let's just go ahead and dive in, though, to the, the positives that we can see in gratitude, the benefits. And what I want to do is I want to go back to the beginning of, of how we opened up with those seven questions to kind of look a little bit behind, uh, you know, the science or the psychology of how gratitude can really buoy up our lives. Because the first thing that we can see is this, gratitude is attractive and contagious. And so when we think about relationships, it says this, not only does saying thank you constitute good manners, but showing appreciation can help you win new friends, according to a 2014 study. The study found that thanking a new acquaintance makes them more likely to seek an ongoing relationship with you. So whether you thank a stranger for holding the door or send a thank you note to a colleague who helps you with a project, acknowledging other people's contributions can lead to new opportunities. Second, gratitude is the medicine for physical health. Grateful people experience fewer aches and pains report feeling healthier than most people, according to a 2012 study. Not surprisingly, grateful people are also more likely to take care of their health. They exercise more often, and they're more likely to attend regular checkups, which is likely to contribute to further longevity. Third, gratitude improves psychological health. It improves our mental health. It says this, gratitude reduces a multitude of toxic emotions, from envy and resentment to frustration and regret. 
Robert Emmons, a leading gratitude researcher, has conducted multiple studies on the link between gratitude and well-being. And his research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and can reduce depression. Next, gratitude increases empathy and it decreases aggression. Grateful people are more likely to behave in a pro-social manner, even when others behave less kindly. Study participants from a 2012 study who ranked higher on gratitude scales were less likely to retaliate against others, even when given negative feedback. They experienced more sensitivity and empathy toward other people and a decreased desire to seek revenge. Gratitude leads to optimism. Next, gratitude leads to better sleep, unless you have three kids. But writing in a gratitude journal uh, improves sleep, according to a 2011 study. Spending just 15 minutes a day jotting down a few grateful sentiments before bed may help you sleep better and sleep longer. Next, gratitude improves self-esteem. In a 2014 study published in the Journal of Applied Sports Psychology, it found that gratitude increased athletes' self-esteem, an essential component to optimal performance. And other studies have shown that gratitude reduces social comparison, those moments where you want to compare against others. So rather than becoming resentful towards people who have more money or better jobs or seemingly more success in life, grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishments. And then seventh and finally, the one that was really intriguing to me was that gratitude strengthens mental fortitude. For years, research has shown gratitude not only reduces stress, but it may also play a major role in overcoming trauma. A 2006 study found that Vietnam War veterans with higher levels of gratitude experienced lower rates of PTSD. An O3 study uh, published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that gratitude was a major contributor to resilience following the terrorist attacks on 9-11. Recognizing all that you have to be thankful for, even during hard and difficult times, can foster resilience. And so think about it. Some of these positives of, of gratitude, I mean, it can really begin to eliminate those, those negative feelings of resentfulness or unforgiveness or fear or fear of missing out. And it can elevate a, a sense of, of just happiness and contentment and it can open the door for forgiveness. It leads to overall health and well-being in every facet imaginable. And I think so, it's so important because gratitude is really the bedrock for happiness and joy. Okay, there's a Christian monk by the name of David Steindl Rost, and he really wanted to look at the, the comparison between these two. And, and what David Steindl Rost suggested was that, uh, you know, whenever you see people and they have all of the possessions, all the material things that they could ever imagine, all the things that would seem to be on the surface uh, denoting happiness, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be happy or that they're going to be grateful because there's a sense in which they might want to accumulate even more. Happiness doesn't automatically associate to gratefulness and gratitude. Conversely, though, look at the person who's been through um, just unfortunate circumstances in life, who may not have as much, and yet they can endure and be resilient because they are grateful for what they have. And so what David would say is it's ultimately 
gratitude that is the bedrock. It's the root system for happiness and for joy, that our happiness and our joy springs from our gratitude. Those are some of the positives and the benefits that this is how God has created this. This isn't just psychology, but this is how God has wired us and created us in his image. That's our first point, the positives, the benefits of gratitude. But now we come into our second point, which deals with the the posturing behind gratitude. And for this, we we go to God's word. We go to Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2, to hear the words of David. And it's a a couple of verses, so I just want to invite us, let's all say these words together. David said this, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. I appreciate how David just opens up. He comes out with really four declarative statements, four words that are just repeated throughout, and it's I will statements. I mean, he says this, he says, I will give thanks, I will recount, I will be glad, I will sing praises. He doesn't say, I hope I'm gonna be thankful, or I'd like to sing praises, or geez, it would be nice to exalt you, O God. No, no, he says, I will do these things. I will give thanks. And I think that it's really this reality that gratitude is a condition of the heart, that gratitude isn't a circumstantial thing, but rather it's saying that I will give thanks to God. I will sing his praise. I will exult and find my joy and my satisfaction in him. And so David just says these words. He says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. As I read that first verse, I mean, the the words that just jumped off the page at me were some of the the final words there. He said, I will give thanks with my whole heart. And I found this to be really amazing because the heart within the Hebrew culture is really the the central part of being for the the Jewish people. You know, in the West, it's it's our mind, it's our mentality, it's our intellect. But for the Hebrew culture, it was, the the, the heart was just all of who they were. It's as if David is saying, I'm going to bring up all of who I am, all of my heart, and give thanks to God. But what is the opposite of my whole heart? It's a divided heart. It's a compartmentalized heart. It's a segmented heart. And so it's just a question for you and for me as well. Do we have a divided heart? Right? Do we just like kind of show up on church, uh, show up to church on Sundays, just kind of like 50% there? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to kind of give thanks to God. But then the rest of the week, we're running to other things that we're giving thanks for. Or Wednesday nights or or Thursday mornings or or Saturday mornings, I'm going to give thanks to God then. But the rest of the week, ah, whatever, it's other things that I'm going to find my joy and my contentment and my gratitude in. Or are we like David? Can we say, man, I'm going to bring my whole heart, my entire being under God and just say, man, thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you have provided. That's where gratitude starts. Friends, is it your whole heart or is it a divided heart? And then David, though, he continues along. He doesn't just say, I'm going to give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. Because then in the next part of the verse, he says, and I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And I think that this is so important because whenever we come to gratitude, I think that there's this rhythmic pattern that we can live into. That as David's saying, I'm going to recount all of your wonderful deeds. I think the two things is, first of all, I'm going to recount, I'm going to remember, and I'm going to retell it. I'm going to remember it with my mind, all of the faithfulness, and then I'm going to verbalize the gratitude that I have. David is saying right here, he's like, I'm going to recount all of your wonderful deeds. What are they? 
Uh, David's saying, you know, I remember the time uh, reading about the ancestors of how they came out of Egypt when the nation of Israel was in slavery and in bondage and God parted the Red Sea and walked them through and then he gave them land and he made them a nation with identity and purpose so they might be a blessing to the world all around them. And David's saying too, as we read Psalm 9, his, his enemies are advancing upon him. Uh, there's so many things that are just swirling in his life and yet he's saying, God, I'm gonna thank you for your provision and for your faithfulness and your presence in my life. I'm gonna remember, I'm gonna retell of all that you have done for me. I think that that's really the rhythm that we can live into when it comes to gratitude. It starts by remembering. But I think if we're not cautious, then I think that there's a way that we can find ourselves in in sort of an ungrateful posturing as well. You know, because I think whenever uh, we we think about our days, there's always one small moment in each of our days that can just completely ruin and obliterate our days. Okay, think about it with me. How mad, annoyed, or frustrated would you be if something that functioned properly and appropriately a hundred times just all of a sudden one day quit working? Okay, let me give you an example. Tomorrow morning you wake up and you are getting ready to leave to go to work and you step in your car and it doesn't kick on. It's your day ruined. Or you go in tonight and you plug your phone in and you set your alarm but for whatever reason, your electricity kicked off and your phone doesn't go off and the alarm doesn't go off and all of a sudden, you're late for a meeting or you miss work the next morning. Or maybe you go to put your kids down at night and you're like, it's a great time. I'm, uh, I'm gonna put them down early so that they're gonna have a great night's rest and I'm gonna get a little bit of extra time with myself t- tonight. But then they wake up the next morning and they're anything but angels. Okay, that's just us and our family, just us. Okay, no, that's fine, that's fine. Nobody else here? No, all right, okay, good. Yeah, one amen. All right, thank you. Thank you for that. Thanks for empathizing with me. I appreciate it. Grateful for you. Yep. <laughs> and so what is it that happens then? Okay, you know, these things just, they work so many times before. I mean, a car battery is supposed to last for three years, unless, of course, you live in Minnesota with these crazy winters that we have. Then it's like six months. But a car is supposed to turn over 900 times and then there's that one time that it doesn't and your day is ruined. You know, it's, it's just all of this expectation that we have in place. And it's what I, I've kind of coined this phrase. I think that we are going through life on autopilot expectation. Okay, we have an expectation and, and we're kind of flowing through autopilot expecting that All of these things in our lives are supposed to work perfectly 100% of the time. And when they don't, our life is ruined. So what if there's a different way for us though? What if there was another opportunity presented to us? What if we found ways to have a posture of gratitude, not just for the big moments, but also for the mundane and the minuscule moments as well? That we just stopped We paused and we remembered even just the little miracles that happen all around us. She's an example, flipping on the lights. Okay, man, I'm grateful the lights turned on, you know? Or how about this? There was a time in my life when I was a young boy, I know this sounds kind of crazy, when we did not have a computer in our house, okay? Some of y'all are like, what, you know? But now what, we, we all carry computers in our pockets. 
man, how mind-blowing is this? Man, I am grateful. Or you go and you turn on the coffee maker and they've got these crazy contraptions called auto turn on and so you get out of bed in the morning and your coffee's there, ready for you, hot and steamy. Man, I'm grateful. But how about this as well? The fact that we get to gather together, the fact that we get to sing and worship, the fact that we get to learn, knowing full well that there are places and pockets in this world, on this earth today, right now, where people who gather together, if they are found and if they are caught, they might lose their life. Man, I'm grateful for what we have. I'm grateful that we get to do this. And so I think really then at the end of the day, it's just pausing to say, man, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all that is before us. I'm grateful for all that is given to us. And so I think that if we were to put words around this posture of gratitude, I think we could ultimately say this. A posture of gratitude is a protest of joy in Christ. Okay, a posture of gratitude is a protest of joy in Christ. Yes, on the big things. You got stuff this week. You've got a presentation. You've got a test. Or, or you went and you, you, you saw this person. You're like, I'm going to ask them out on a date. And they said, yes. Man, be grateful for that. But it's also the small, minute, minuscule, mundane things that work 99% of the time that we can say, man, I am grateful for that. And when we do that, man, it, it begins to spark joy in our lives, no matter what it is that we are experiencing. But what about our faith? How does gratitude relate into our faith? Well, I think it's one thing to be grateful for whenever we come across things that we deserve or the things that we think that we've earned or, or achieved in life, and it's good to be grateful for those things. But our faith is a little bit different than that. You see, because when it comes to our faith, you realize this, right? Um, we actually don't receive what we deserve when it comes to our faith. Let me, let me say that again. We actually don't receive what we should receive, what we deserve in our faith. Okay, what is it that we actually deserve? Uh, we deserve death, we deserve banishment, we deserve eternal separation from God. But what do we receive? What do we get instead uh, from Christ? We get new life, we get God's love lavished upon us, we get a new identity that we are now beloved sons and daughters of the most high God. And friends, whenever we begin to think about that, that it's like, man, I don't deserve this, but this is what I receive. Man, our hearts should explode with gratitude for what Christ has done and who he is in our life. And watch your faith take off and erupt and grow in goodness and grace. And so we'll have this sense, this, this posturing of gratitude and that will spark just amazing joy, a protest of joy in Christ for all that he has done in our lives. We've seen first the positives of gratitude. We've seen second, the posturing of gratitude. Now I wanna to come to the third which is the practice of gratitude. And as we mentioned earlier on, um, gratitude really is a contagion. Uh, it's a good contagion. It's a, it's a positive contagion. And when we think about the world that we're living in right now at this time in history, I think that we can all agree that there needs positivity, there needs hope, there needs light, the light of Christ all around us. And so what is this one practice that we can find ourselves living into? It's a simple practice. You may not even have to write it down, but it's this. Ask the question, what are you grateful for? Just plain and simple. Ask the question, what are you grateful for? Ask it of yourself every day. What are you grateful for? Ask it of your spouse. 
Ask it of your coworkers. Ask it of your direct reports. Ask it of your kids. Ask it of the waiter or the waitress whenever you go out to eat next. What are you grateful for? You know, whenever I think about this, it has a chance to just spin things into a wealth of positivity. I've got three stories of how I've seen just this simple act of seeking gratitude. The first is this, a couple years ago, we were getting ready to form our Bush Lake campus and we were bringing together our core team and there was a, a couple that stepped up and they, they wanted to be a part of uh, leadership and I wanted to get to know the husband a little bit and he was leading at General Mills at a pretty high level and so I just sat with him once and I just said, hey, tell me, like, how has God uh, been a part of your journey and, and how has God impacted you and, and um, what, what are you doing to just really grow in your faith? And he said, well, you know what, Zach, I, you know, I, I lead a team at General Mills and um, I realized that everyone comes from a different faith background. And, you know, as much as I'd like to start off our meetings with just saying, hey, let's, let's join up in prayer, he's like, I, I just know that people wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. So what I've started to do in all of my team meetings is I ask this one simple question, what are you grateful for? And he said, I make it a requirement that everyone in our meeting has to answer that question. And he says, people walk in sometimes with heavy shoulders and sad faces because they're experiencing hardship at home or they're, they're really burnt out or stressed out uh, with their workload. And yet, whenever people start to go around and they have a snowball effect of gratitude, it brings lift to the meeting and it brings lift to the team and it brings lift to the individuals. That's the power of gratitude. Another time, a few months back, our family, we had the chance to go and catch up with a, a family of ours, a family friend of ours, and they're just a little bit further along in life. They've got two kids uh, and their kids are uh, about, you know, six, seven years older than our kids. And we got together and we were just catching up and then, you know, dinner was ready and uh, the host, the husband, he, he prayed for dinner. And then as we're about ready to, to dig in, he's like, hey, you know, as we're digging in, let's answer the question around the table. What are you grateful for? And I was really intrigued to hear what, their kids would say, they're about 10 and 11 and eight. And their son just simply said, you know what, I'm, I'm grateful. This is right in the, the height of COVID. I'm grateful that I get to go to school and be with my friends and have interaction with them and play football and soccer and baseball and basketball. I was like, okay, that's great. And then it gets to their daughter who's eight and she just said, you know what, I'm grateful for my teacher who helped me work through a really difficult math problem today. I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I'm just grateful that I didn't have to like make dinner tonight, okay? Yeah. And these kids are just amazing and, and their gratitude. And it just was like, this is mind-blowing. How cool to see their maturity. And another story. At the end of every day, I, uh, we, we try to go through a routine and a, and a rhythm with, with our kids, you know, where we read them a book and then we say a little prayer for them. And a couple weeks ago, I was um, with my son, Craig. I, I had Craig duty. And... Um, you know, I, we were laying down, finished up the book, and I was thinking, you know, how can I get Craig to, to pray? You know, I, I want to help him to start fostering ways of just praying. And I said, Craig, why don't we, um, why don't you just do a little prayer for me? But instead of just praying, I, I want you to say what you're thankful for, what you're grateful for. And, I mean, I got to be honest, I wasn't expecting much. And uh, he goes, okay, huh. He said, all right, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm grateful for chicken nuggets. Okay, good. What else? He said, well, I'm grateful for dinosaurs and T-Rex and Stegosaurus and all the toys, the dinosaur toys and Legos that I have. I'm like, okay, 
what else, Craig? And he goes, well, I'm, I'm grateful for my friends. Oh, are you, Craig? And he goes, yeah, for Lincoln and Hudson and Emmy and Grayson and Rowan. And, and, and he just starts rattling off all his friends. I'm like, okay, great. And what else? And he goes, well, I'm grateful for mommy and daddy. And I guess I'm grateful for Zoe, baby sister Zoe. Um, there's a little sibling rivalry there, but it's good. We're working on it. Okay. He goes, I'm grateful for Case. And I go, good. What else? And well, I'm grateful for grandparents, for Ami and Papa and Nani and Granddad and what else? And I'm grateful for aunties and uncles and aunties and uncles and aunties and uncles. We've got a lot of aunties and uncles in our family. He goes, I'm grateful for cousins, for Titan, and for Kaylee and Hayden. And he just keeps going on and on and on. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, this is my four-year-old son. This is amazing. I'm like, Craig, isn't that great? Just the simple prayer that you just prayed. And he kind of looked at me and goes, now it's your turn to pray, Dad. <laughs> And so there I was for five minutes just trying to rattle off and remember all of the things that he just shared with me about what he was grateful for. But it was so amazing and it was so beautiful because sometimes, I know we're sitting there, we're thinking like, how can I help my kids grow in faith? And the simplest, most effective prayer is the prayer, thank you, God. I'm grateful for X, Y, or Z. And I just watched in that moment as Craig's gratitude just erupted into gratitude that I even had and even experienced. Sometimes the most beautiful prayer that we can pray is, God, thank you. And so that's my prayer for you today, friends. That no matter what it is that you might be experiencing, whether it's high moments or low moments, whether you find yourself with um, harsh physical health or emotional health or or whatever it is, uh, mental fortitude if you're struggling through, I, I hope and pray that we can find ways to have a posture of gratitude, to experience the, the positives listed before us, the way that God has uh, wired and created our bodies, created in his image, having a posture of gratitude that will be a protest of joy in Christ for who he is and for what he's done in our lives. So that as we live into the practice of gratitude, we can bring his hope and his life and his love and his goodness to the world all around us for our good and ultimately for his glory. Would you please stand with me as we pray together? Gracious Father, we thank you so much knowing full well that sometimes the greatest prayer that we can pray is thank you. Thank you, God. I'm grateful for all of your provision. We're grateful, Lord, for the provision of Jesus, how he has come and lived a perfect, sinless, spotless life. And he's given us his righteousness, his perfection, so that we might no longer be defined by our past, but now that we might be new creations, beloved sons and daughters of the Most High God, receiving your love and your grace and your mercy. May our posture be that of David to say, I will, I will give thanks to God. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. Not a divided, not a compartmentalized, not a segmented heart. But may we remember and verbalize and retell of your goodness and your grace in our lives. For our good and for your glory. May we bring your hope and your love and your goodness into this world. And may you set off a chain reaction, a snowball effect of gratitude in the lives of all of those around us. We pray all this in the beautiful, matchless name of Jesus and by the power of the Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.